0: Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. lesson this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter, thir- chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. I invite you to turn with me in your own Bible or in the Bible found there in the pew around you. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. In the Pew Bible, it can be found on the New Testament page number 4. Hear now these words You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, even though it may be cold outside this morning, we feel the warmth of your presence here in this place. We come together anticipating your presence that transforms us, renews us, fills us once again. We come together anticipating being made one with you and one with each other in ministry to all the world once again. And so as we come in these moments, speak, Lord, for your children are listening. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. A few weeks ago... Pastor Corey, Pastor Sarah, and myself were meeting as we were going through our worship planning. We like to try to plan through the entirety of the year so that we know who's preaching when and what topics we're going to be discussing and talking about. And we had known that we wanted to begin the year with talking about our baptismal covenant. And so we had those first four weeks when we talked about what it means to live into that baptismal vow, those vows that we make at our baptism. And we knew that February 22nd was going to be Ash Wednesday, and so we had our Lenten series that we're going to be doing. We had planned all the way up to Easter. We've still got to finish planning the rest of the year, but that's how far we had gotten at that point. But we had this three-week period in between the ending of our baptism series and the beginning of the season of Lent, and we wondered, what are we going to do with those three weeks? And I believe it was Pastor Sarah that spoke up and said, you know what, how about... Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's talk about the struggles that we endure as we walk as Christians. Let's be honest and focus on what it means to be honest with God, with others, and even with ourselves. Let's be honest. And so that's what we latched on to for, for these three weeks in between now and the beginning of the season of Lent. We're looking at how sometimes being a follower of Christ can be challenging it can be difficult and honesty and integrity are truly the foundations of a relationship for me i know honesty is is truly at the core i i want that honesty as we interact with one another and honesty on every occasion i remember several years ago when i was in school at a certain school in durham Uh, uh, that's all i'll say about that Uh, But when I was in school there, I was taking a class on Christian ethics. And my professor was Dr. Stanley Hauerwas. Some of you might have heard of that name, Dr. Hauerwas, before. He's a renowned speaker, theologian, and ethicist. He's quite spicy in the way that he taught as well. And I remember one particular lecture, and he was speaking about the need to be honest, brutally honest, on every occasion— he told all of us how we needed to be faithful to, and, and be in, full of integrity and honest in every moment. I remember he said, as he told us to always tell the truth, he said that if your spouse asks you how they look when they come out of the dressing room, it is important to be honest because you will pay for it later down the road. But he said it even in this way, if your spouse has cooked something and ask your opinion, it's better to be honest and so that you don't have to endure it once again. <laughs> because if you're not honest, you may have to relive it over and over again. He talked about that need to be honest, even though it may hurt the feelings of someone else. It's always better to be honest. Let's be honest, that's kind of hard to do, isn't it? We want to protect those that are around us, and sometimes we don't want to be completely honest because it's a, sort of a defensive mechanism for ourselves, My dad told me a story one time about the way that the pastors were being appointed to different districts. Now, for those of you that may not be familiar with the way that the United Methodist Church is organized, we are a part of a geographical area that is known as a conference, the North Carolina Annual Conference. And geographically, that runs from basically Burlington to the coast. And so there is one person that is elected and assigned to oversee that entire geographical area known as a conference and that person is called a bishop. As Pastor Sarah said, our conference just received a new bishop as of January 1st, Bishop Tony Shelton, and we now have this chance to meet Bishop Shelton on Thursday and participate in that online welcoming service this evening. But as the bishop oversees that entire area, that means that they oversee all of the churches within that geographical area and They oversee all of the ministers within that geographical area. And you can imagine what a mighty task that would be. And so within a conference, we divide it up into smaller geographical areas that we call a district. And over each district, there is one pastor who is assigned to oversee all of the ministers and all of the churches within that smaller geographical area known as a district. Our district superintendent is known as Reverend Mike Freeze, and he oversees what the district that we are part of that's called the Corridor District. And so every year around spring, the bishop invites the district superintendents that oversee those smaller geographical areas, and they come together at the Methodist building, and they begin to plot out where pastors are going to be moved. They consider which pastors are retiring and what moves have to take place as they assign them. And it's funny, in my mind, I always imagined the way that the district superintendents and the bishop decided who was going where was them playing cards. (laughs) And the district superintendent that lost got the last pick. (laughs) I'm sorry, your district superintendent may not have been a good card player. But that was the way I always imagined it taking place as a kid growing up and knowing that it was time about that season when ministers would begin to hear for I was always waiting to find out, was our family going to be relocating elsewhere? My dad told me that one time he heard one of the district superintendents tell a story that he was in a moment of the bishop and the district superintendents meeting and assigning pastors to new places, and he knew he had an opening at one particular church, and he was interested in a pastor that was serving in another district. However, the church that he had to fill the vacancy required a great preacher, required one that was very eloquent, one that could capture the imagination and the hearts of those that attended worship. And so this pastor, district superintendent, asked another district superintendent about a particular pastor within that district and said, let me ask you this, can they preach? Well, that other district superintendent was a bit convicted because that district superintendent knew that that particular pastor was one that was not as eloquent with a turn of words, one that that was not that individual's particular strength. But this district superintendent did not want to talk bad about that particular pastor. And so that person thought quickly. And as the one district superintendent had asked, could that pastor preach? The district superintendent thought quickly and replied, can they preach? Can they preach? Can they preach? And the district superintendent heard it and said, okay, okay. You don't have to be so insistent. I get it. Now, the one district superintendent, he didn't tell a lie. He didn't quite tell the whole truth, but he didn't lie. And some of us, we might think, you know what, I might could apply that in my life in certain areas. Did I eat a whole box of Girl Scout cookies by myself? Did I eat a whole box of Girl Scout cookies by myself? Or maybe you might even think, we are asked, did you start the laundry? Did I start the laundry? Did I start the laundry? Or even, you go to the dentist. Do you floss regularly? Do I floss regularly? Do I floss regularly? You're not telling a lie. You're just not being completely truthful, completely honest. I think we're, we're called to something more. We're called to be Honest, even to the point that it might hurt. Called to be honest with ourselves, called to be honest with others, and called to be honest with God. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt. You are the salt of the earth. And salt, I mean, you think about it. Salt makes a difference in things, doesn't it? If you don't know that, maybe you haven't had hospital food before. (laughs) Salt can make a difference. And Jesus said, you... Picture this. He's giving this Sermon on the Mount. People are gathered from all around, this mass of people that are gathered to hear this great teaching. And he looks upon them just as I feel like he looks upon you now. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But let's be honest. There are times I don't really feel salty <laughs> There are times I don't feel like one that can make a difference in somebody else's life. Sometimes I feel like I can't make a difference in my own. Jesus sees it in us, and he calls us the salt of the earth. Sometimes, to be honest, I don't feel that salty at all. Jesus even said to this group, You are the light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket. But on a lampstand, it gives light to all in the house. But let's be honest, there are times that I want to put my light under a bushel. There are times I don't really even want my light to shine very bright. I mean, it can be tough. To be honestly, to be salt, it can be tough, especially in this world. And to be light, and the reality is salt and light do make a difference. And whether you want to admit it or not, you do make a difference. I mean, if you're like me and have ever watched those crime scene investigator shows, you know that you can barely even walk into a room without leaving a trace of yourself behind. Whether it be a fingerprint, a footprint, a trace of hair, a follicle, even a thread of clothing or some kind of DNA evidence, you've been in that room. Whether it's even visible to the naked eye or not, You've made a difference. You've left a mark. Today, as the people of God, as we come to receive Holy Communion with one another, we raise these questions. What kind of footprints are we leaving? What kind of difference are we making as we cross the stage of life? How are we being salt and light in the world around us today? As disciples of Christ, we are called to love one another and we are called to be the embodiment of salt and light in the world that makes a difference. I mean, you can't have something, you can't always just be salt with other salt. We're called to be salt that goes out into the difference, into the world to make a difference. Think about if you've ever made chocolate chip cookies. If you've made it from scratch, there's one ingredient that almost always goes in each recipe, a little bit of salt to bring out the sweetness. That's what we're called, to be at least a little bit of salt that makes a difference in the world around us. We're called to be a little bit of light. Jesus sends us out into an unsalty world. Jesus sends us out into a world of darkness, and we are called, honestly, to make a difference. And there are big ways and there are small ways that you can make a difference. You know, I think about one way that we can make a difference in such a small way It's through the share the love bags that we as a church, we participate in and sharing that. The Share the Love bag is a, a gallon-sized bag that has different things within it, whether it be uh, Vienna sausages, nabs, granola bar, uh, peanuts, things that can be shared with people who are facing an immediate time of need. And you as a church can, are free to take one or two of those and put it in your car, and when you pull up on the side of the road, if you see someone who is in a, minute, a moment of immediate need, you are able to just put down your window and extend that gift to them. And you never have any idea... What a difference that might actually make in someone's life. In December of 2022 no, 2021, excuse me in December of 2021, I first encountered a gentleman one early December morning. It was a cold morning, and as I parked my car, this person came running from across MLK from the bus stop. This was a person that was in an immediate moment of need had a chance to talk with him. We'll call him Andy. And as Andy and I talked for just a moment, I knew in that moment I didn't have a lot that I could do, but I knew that we had some share the love bags that would help meet his immediate moment of need. And so Andy and I came into the church and I got him a couple of bags, and after we talked for a short while, he went on his way. Over the course of that year to this past December, Andy and I had several conversations There were times that Andy would greet me first thing in the morning as I pulled up. Sometimes Andy would be outside as I'm leaving in the evening. I remember one Wednesday evening as the choir was leaving from rehearsal, someone popped back in to let me know that there was someone waiting for me out on the porch. And as it was dark outside, I had no idea what that was going to mean. (laughs) I stepped out and there was Andy. And honestly, that night, Andy just wanted to talk. He wanted to talk about what it meant to surrender his life to Christ. He wanted to talk about what it meant to try to to be a new creation in Christ. And just a few weeks after that, we were having a staff meeting in the parlor one particular day. And as we were all in the parlor just outside the office, we heard the bell ring in the office letting us know that someone was wanting to come into this side door. And so I left the parlor, and I went, and there at the door stood Andy, and he had a gentleman with him. This gentleman was with an Orange County organization that was going to be helping to provide Andy with a housing voucher. That for the first time in the year, he was going to have a place that he could live, that he could stay. The problem was the housing voucher was for $2 less per month than the rent of the apartment that they had found. And they needed someone to sign a document stating that they would cover the shortage of $2 per month so that Andy could have this apartment, a place to live for a year. I couldn't sign it fast enough. You know, all of that was made possible because you as a church, you as a church supported the Share the Love ministry. You supported that through the way that you provided gifts, the way that you financially contributed towards that particular ministry, through the way that you gathered in the mornings to assemble those bags, the way that you helped to prepare them so that they could then be distributed. And if it had not been for that first small step, that first small sprinkle of a little bit of salt, there's something big as him having a place to live, a shelter of his own. That was only made possible because of the first step that was taken by you. And for that, I'm reminded that you are, you are the salt of the earth. You make a difference. You truly make a difference in the lives of others. And we do that because the difference that God has made in us. You are the light of the world. You shine your light into this world of darkness. And you do that because you have received the light of Christ. You Make a difference. Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes it's something small. Sometimes it's something small that leads to something big. You, you can make a difference in the lives of others. A few weeks ago, I decided I wanted to conduct a a personal social experiment. It was back just before the holidays, and I noticed that everywhere I went, it seemed like people had sad faces or frustrated faces, concentrating faces. You know the look. You'd go down the aisles of the grocery store, and people would just be having that look, hardly speaking to one another. And I decided, you know what? As I had a day filled with running errands, I was going to try something. When I left the house, I decided that as soon as I got in the car, I was going to smile. I was going to smile when I'm driving around, and that's a creepy kind of thing if you see somebody driving and they're smiling. I nod. I decided that every person I interacted with that day, whether at the pharmacy or at the grocery store or wherever else, as I had several other errands to run, I was going to greet them with a smile, and I wanted to see how it was paid back. And so sure enough, I'd walked into the pharmacy, my first stop, smiling, hey there, hey, and people looking at you kind of weird. (laughs) I get it. It is kind of creepy. It depends on how big you smile maybe, but so I'm smiling to folks, and I go, and I get in line back at the pharmacy to pick up a prescription, and and I step up. It's finally my time, and I'm just like, I'm just going to shower them with a smile, and the person asks what prescription I'm there for, and I let them know, and You could tell she was a bit exasperated because it was not prepared. It was not ready yet. She said, if you'll come back in an hour, we'll have it ready. That smile started to go down. (laughs) You ever experienced that? (sighs) But I decided, no, I'm going to keep that smile. I said, all right, thank you. We'll be back in an hour. I went on to the grocery store and again, continued my social experiment and seeing the number of people that would smile back and the interactions that would take place. It ended up that Jennifer was the one that went back into the pharmacy to pick up that particular prescription. And when she got forward, the same pharmacist came to wait on her and she told which prescription she was there for. The pharmacist said, when your husband came, he came and he was, he smiled. It was creepy. No, she didn't say that. (laughs) When your husband came, he smiled. He said, we were exasperated. We had just come back from lunch break, and everybody was trying to get all their prescriptions filled before the holidays. And, And when I told him he had to come back in an hour, he still just smiled at me. Everybody else wants to argue. Everybody else wants to fuss. But he didn't treat me that way. You know, sometimes all it takes is You sprinkle a little bit of salt. Maybe it's a smile. Who's creepy now? (laughs) Maybe it's a little bit of a smile. Maybe it's a kind act of giving something to someone in a time, of moment of need. But you are the salt of the earth. You are the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. So I challenge you. Sprinkle a little bit of salt. Let your light shine brightly. You can make a difference, honestly, in the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Lord, in your grace and your mercy, you have shined your light upon us. Lord, we give thanks for the amazing difference that you have made within our lives and the opportunity that we have before us to change the world around us. And so, Lord, give us courage. Give us boldness. Help us to share our salt in a way that brings out the sweetness of this world. Help us to shine our light to those who are wandering in darkness so that we may make a difference for the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray this. In the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.